know. I found out I'm bad at D&D, Max. That's what I found out yesterday. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that, man. I think well, you're were great. Were there? I actually was. I don't know if you remember, but I was there for the whole thing. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. How'd I do? I just said you did great. You did okay. fantastic work. You did great character work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was, it was like a good improv sesh. Yeah. How you that's feeling? All, that's all I did, huh? Okay. Is that, what, 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 do you, what more do you want? Is it like I'm down in the dumps. I'm down in them dumps, man. It's my first time, and I was told, like, I need to scale it back a little bit. Like, I right. think you need to ramp it up. Right, right, right. Like, it, this is you like... You need this to is like, bear <laughs> down for midterms, man. You need to go all in. I was gonna say this is like this is like when, when four do, uh, soldier guys have like fucking M16s and there's just a guy who's like naked who just runs at him, just charges at him, and they're frozen. They're like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Like he's unarmed, he's naked. <laughs> like he he doesn't even have the option for uh, for for obfuscating a fucking threat here, uh, and that freezes them. And then I just punch all of them. That's that's what I should do. I should ramp it up so hard that they they just don't know what hit them. Yeah. But not literally do that, just, you know, metaphorically with your, your, your humor, you know. Or you're saying literally, you want to ramp it up to that, to a violent Oh, level. no, clearly, just to play my game at a higher frequency, that's all. I, I think, yeah, just go all in, man, you know. Just go all in for the laughs. I loved it. I, that's, that's the way I like to play. I think I've, I've said this to you, you know. It's right. like, that, that's, that's, my, that's my fave. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. And I'll say this. What's interesting to me is that I, it's not that I ever disliked d and I just never found a community that was into it in Florida, like where we grew mm-hmm. up, really yeah. wasn't around. Uh, but what, what I find interesting about it is if you look up the history, apparently D&D like, had a strong opposition uh, because in, like, in the 70s, there was some murder. Like the, and they, they tried to the make witch it. witch scare or whatever. Well, like kind the, of, yeah. The like, fear of the occult. And then one of these kids like went missing or something and they said, oh, he was murdered and he was murdered because of the occult. And and then then he got uh, hypnotized by this book that he read. And then they found him like in Rhode Island or something like he was fine. (laughs) But but they made a movie out of it. Tom Hanks was in it. It was like nightmares and something, you know, in 1983. And he's going around Tom Hanks in it. You know? Wow. So wait, did did Hanks like perpetuate the the nightmare myth, or was it more about like, oh, this kid was just being a kid, he did a goof, and they found him in Rhode Island? No, I'm pretty sure they leaned pretty heavily into the uh, satanic panic of it all. You know what mm. I mean? Like they it was meant to incite some kind of uh, fucking nightmarish uh, dread into everybody. Jeez. Well, uh, get, getting back into uh, in terms of like the actual experience of role playing a thing. This is your first session. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you enjoyed that part of it? Like the process of it? Uh, it, was, it was, I'll tell you this. I always thought it was kind of dumb because you have to like really focus in on a story and you have to bring it to life. But like I did genuinely, I was like, oh, okay. I know what's going on. I see where we are. I, like I, in my head, mm-hmm. I did see the scene play out. So it was easy enough to stay engaged. I really like improving with you. It's the only reason yeah. I ever agreed to do it. I was like, wait, I get to improv? <laughs> like, all right, let's do that, you know? So we had a bunch of fun. You really mm-hmm. you really killed it. You played the straight man. But Insane. that's the thing. It's like to do something that I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe I want to do that again. And then to – because here's the thing. It's like when someone is overdoing it, like you usually can tell. 
And there was like right. one bit, I made one joke that I thought was funny in the moment and then I didn't get any response to it. So I was like, oh, maybe, all right, I'll, I'll chill it down. Which is when you were supposed to get something off the table and I'm like, okay, I run on the table and lay down <laughs> because I'm like trying to get you to take me off the table or whatever. No, I, I actually loved that, but I was like in character and I was thinking of like, okay, how would my character deal with this? He hate <laughs> it, first of all. Well, that's my thing. So at that moment, I was like, okay, all right, let me settle down. But like other things that I thought were more over the top were like well received. Like I'm like, all right, can I run next yeah. to this car? And like everyone seemed to love the running next to the car bit, which is like way more ridiculous. Great. I don't know. Well, it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it was all like to me. There really isn't a line unless you like totally derail the game. But here's the thing: derailing the game is fun. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's fun. Cause I, I, I seriously considered when when our DM was like, Hey, you you go, you see some wanted posters and there's a job opportunity, and I knew exactly where it was fucking going. And I was right. about to be like, I'm gonna go shopping and then <laughs> just like continue shopping. And when I get try like when they try to pull me away from shopping, I just go right back to it. Right. You know, but I didn't do that because that would be a dick move. Right. Our DM did seem a little bad because I was like you. I wanted to swerve just enough to be annoying. So like he wants to hand me this money and give me like some deeper meaning about like a bonus. And I'm like, I don't take that fucking money. I don't do this for money. And then I just (laughs) complain about my lack of money for the rest of the game. So like, you know, like I I did stuff that I thought was very funny (laughs) and still went to it Uh, because I'm like you. It's like I was hoping for a little bit more clever way to put us all together than like, oh, there's wanted signs. Okay, you take a job. Oh, I overhear bounty hunter. You know what I mean? Like I was actually really glad that I, I wasn't happy that you were so mean to me, but I was glad oh. that you put up a roadblock because I didn't want us to like meet up there. You know, I right. wanted to end up in the bar. And, and that, that's, that's legit why I did that. So n- none yeah. of you heard this, but like uh, pretty much within like the third turn or whatever, his character sees my character reading a wanted ad. And this yeah. is supposed to group us all together. And I knew that that was supposed to like, get the gang together, assemble the team. And I was just not having that yet. (laughs) So I decided to be like uh, very hostile to Christian's character the entire fucking time. And that's where that came from. Yeah. And uh, it it worked, man. We, We both fucking made that shit work. Yeah, I mean, overall, I want to say that, like, you know, there was some fat to be trimmed, certainly, but I mostly really enjoyed it. Uh, I did. My my beef with it is, like, I wish that we could speed up some things. Like, I think that the battle stuff is, like, really fucking tedious at times. Like, I was dead for, what, six fucking, like, rolls? I was just on the ground because I commit, Max. I was waiting so I could be revived. It's the nature of it, and I'm I'm playing this other D and D campaign right now, and I'm having a fucking blast. It's very like free improv, heavy. Do whatever the fuck you want. Be as silly as you want. Like I I can be as di- like I can divert the story as much as I care to. And my DM doesn't give a fuck. He's just there to have fun. Um, and like that, uh, I've learned to avoid combat as much as possible because you get fucking bogged down in it. It takes so long. Yeah, well, that's, that's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, so like the, the momentum of that kind of came to a screeching halt. Maybe that's just me being like into myself or whatever because I was having fun. And I was like, I don't know, man. It feels, feels like this slowed down really hard when I died. Like there's just a lot of like technical aspect yeah, to it well, and shit. And, and again, nobody saw this except for me and the other two people that were there. But uh, Christian committed uh, via Zoom and laid down on the ground out of frame the entire time. It was, was really so, impressive. I was so proud of you. <laughs> 
I was like, proud of myself. I was like, this is for this is a joke for one person in the Zoom call. Uh, and, you know and, it, and it landed so hard. Overall, it was cool, man. Uh, I, 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 I feel like it's weird I haven't done it until this point in my life. I'm not against doing it again. I definitely yeah. would want to do something more in my wheelhouse. Like, would love to do like a cyberpunk campaign or something. Hell Which, if yeah, you want to DM, man. bro, you should DM that. We can get like a couple people and then and, and yeah. make it a thing, you know. I, I I'd love to, man. Uh, here's the thing: like, I looked into doing that, and there's just a lot that goes into DM and and like also just understanding the basic mechanics of like when you roll this and when you roll that. And I'm right. like, I don't fucking know. I just do what the guy tells me to do. Right. That was my I got to be the guy. Yeah. I can't I can't I didn't know how to do a lot of things, but I was fine. It was whatever. Overall, it's a fun experience. I think it was cool to like use your imagination to be silly. Is that something yeah. that we as humans get told we're not allowed to do anymore? And mm-hmm. I think it's so fucking weird, man. Like as kids, you're so free and you get to literally make up entire universes and kill them in one day. You make up these fictions, yeah. you play in a sandbox, you have toy figures, you give them names, you give them stories and shit. When we get older, we're told work, contribute to the fabric of society, pay your taxes. Uh, yeah. go to sleep and do it again and it's so sad that we don't all collectively just get a minute to be silly you know as soon as you start paying taxes you have to fucking put away the toys lock right. them up in the attic you know it's like every now and then yeah like it's a fucking goof use your collective imagination yeah yeah do some silly voices so yeah you want to do you're more into sci-fi than fantasy right because we don't like dragons and shit I mean, I'm doing a uh, fantasy one right now, but again, it's yeah, a fucking you, goof. You've cheat coded it because you're a time traveling frat bro, right? <laughs> like, so, like, are you time traveling in that you were in the future and came back to the fa- to the fantasy world? What's your story arc there? So the the DM is developing that right now. So, like, basically, me and this uh, this woman like fell through a portal into this uh, little elf boy's house. And we like crashed through his roof. We don't know how the fuck we got there. I just know I'm like always drunk. I want Taco Bell. He's got like a cousin whose name is Taco Bell. And there's like a misunderstanding. So I think that we're on the way to go to Taco Bell. Are we really going to her wedding? It's a whole thing. Dude. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, okay. So <laughs> not going to get into the specifics of your story, but like I like the idea of anybody who like if I fell through a portal right now, I'm talking to you. I fell mm-hmm. through a portal and there's elf people. Like <laughs> That's a that's that guy, I need a minute. I need a minute to accept my new reality of elf. Let alone for Taco Bell, man. <laughs> so that's something that I'm playing with is that like my character is constantly drunk because I have this portal to my frat fridge or whatever through my backpack. I'm constantly drunk. Uh, there was like a part where I got sober for a second and I started having like a fucking panic attack and it set in that I was in this mystical fantasy world or whatever. So I'm like getting blazed, I'm getting drunk, I'm eating mad- magic mushrooms all the time. And then as soon as I got sober, I just could not deal with it. That's then I got more beer. That's kind of my beef with the, the Wizard of Oz, though, man, because Dorothy does not take the requisite she amount of time. Remember. Right. And she was sober the whole time. As far as <laughs> can tell. That's what I'm saying. I mean, she's just like, oh, this is different. We're not in Kansas anymore. You fucking think. Like, there's munchkins and, and lions and scarecrows and shit. Like, it's right. obviously you're, you're dying. This is a DMT trip, Dorothy, but you're, <laughs> you're being way too calm about all this. Yeah, there's like a metal man and a scarecrow man and a lion man. Like all the dudes she's hanging out with are terrifying on their own, but they're all together and they're her friends. Well, because why, why is that a thing? Like the, this is a common thing. When, when Ash falls through the fucking portal in, uh, in, in Army of Darkness, like sure, he's like, okay, where am I? But pretty, yeah. like five minutes later, he's running shit. <laughs> like he's fine. Just immediately uh, <laughs> gets accepted by society, makes a lot of friends. 
yeah grapes you know what i mean like it's all good man it's all fucking good and i and i'm always just fascinated of course there's the there's the like there is the like the the uh perfunctory like oh my god where are we but Mm. it doesn't go much beyond that and i just wonder if that's like because look we gotta we gotta we got 90 minutes like we gotta tell a story (laughs) we can't have them be freaked out for an hour like right because that would just i mean i actually kind of want to see that movie where somebody goes to a magical world and they're just having a fucking panic attack the whole time. Like, what, what? is there's this? Like, there's What's like that? a There's like What's a Hitler that? character and they're like, we need your help. You're like, no, I don't, I have no skin in this. I'm game. going back to where I was. You guys can deal with the evil uh, wizard. I don't care. Right. I miss my bed. <laughs> but I just like the idea that it's like, I'm not your hero. I am an unwilling participant. <laughs> I'm just trying to get home, man. And like, I would love to see that movie where like, Okay, the threat right. is introduced. Uh, she doesn't. The, she she refuses her call. Yeah, <laughs> there's a call to adventure, and she doesn't pick up the phone. And then she blocks the number. And then, like the next, the next part of the movie is the army encroaching, and then the third act is the army's there, and right. she does nothing. She does, and just not- darkness descends over the land or whatever, and she's just still there with her arms crossed. Like any any time now, portal. But, and what if it literally is when everyone gets killed, the portal comes back? What lesson do we learn as a movie viewer? It's like the bad, the bad guys won and you still got home. Like, that's a fucking movie, man. Nonsense empire. I, like, I think that that's the direction that, you know, the Wizard of Oz needs to go in. I think that that's the reboot for our times, you know? Isn't that really weird that that's a, such a fucking ripe with imagination world and yet they don't seem to be able to understand how to go back to that well. Maybe, maybe Wizard of Oz was just this once in a well, lifetime thing you know Re- like, return to oz though have you ever seen that i haven't seen return to oz and i and i know there's like people are going to bat for it dude but for some reason that is not on the same no one ever says did you see wizard of oz okay cool you need to watch return of oz i know recently it's gotten this big critical reevaluation, but like well it's not it's it's doing some very different shit than wizard of oz it's a straight up horror movie oh, that wow. was marketed to children like straight up horror it's disturbing as fuck like from the word go there's it's like live no action? color in it. It's live action with like stop motion and puppets and all that. Um, and it's straight up scary as hell. Yeah. Um, okay, but that's cool because that's someone going into a sandbox and making something yeah. weird within it. That's my point right. is that Oz could be like the Marvel universe if they wanted it to be like, it is a limitless possibility kind of world. You know what I mean? There was also the whiz. The whiz is awesome. Actually low key. I do really like the whiz and I have moments of Rami's uh, Rami's thing that I think are visually fucking gorgeous, but like the story just never came together in that one for me. I, I never saw it because I didn't want to be disappointed in Sam Raimi, you know, you won't be, you won't be in him. Like he directs the fuck out of that movie, man. I got to yeah. tell you like, yeah, there are like some like stunning compositions, some of the best shots he's ever done. Uh, and that's what makes it so fucking upsetting that somehow like the movie's not good. Franco's doing his best. Michelle Williams, I fucking adore her. I think she is so great. Um, the, but the yeah. main thing with Franco at this point is like, aside from Pineapple Express, uh, every time he's in a movie, I just think to myself, yeah, but couldn't have someone else done this better? And the answer is always yes. Oh, yeah, I'm coming guy. after Franco. Well, come after him for things that make sense. Like I, he was trying to adapt all those Faulkner books, and he was like, "I'm going to do Blood Meridian," which Terry Gillum and many others were like, "That's unfilmable. You can't do that yeah. shit." And like I saw the test footage he shot for it. And not great. It was not good. <laughs> I like they got Jacob from Lost to play the judge. That was pretty cool in that test footage. Yeah, not who I would have picked. Who would you pick for the judge? If you were uh, to cast that dream casting, Marlon, Roger Ebert Marlon said. Brando. 
Do, do Brando because we just watched Apocalypse Now? Yeah, and he was bald in it. That's honestly, it's as far as my thought process went. <laughs> like the judge, he's bald, <laughs> you know. Um, it depends because if it's like, are we going for a big actor? Or are we going for like kind of the physicality of it? I really like Derek Mears. Like I think Derek Mears could play the imposing nature of that. But from an actor, I wouldn't know. Who do you have? Well, Roger Ebert pitched Tom Noonan, which right. is an interesting choice. Uh, I kind of like John Goodman for it if he was younger. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. Because he's got, he's got the imposing like physicality, the deep booming voice or whatever, but he's an old man now. I mean, you can still do it. I mean, he's old. Yeah. You know, why not? They, I yeah. mean, they don't really, I and mean, they get into the judge a little bit, but the judge is a fucking monster. Like, he's an evil incarnate. Yeah. Like, he doesn't exist on our fucking rules of physics and shit. So, like. so, so we could CGI some stuff because otherwise it would be a lot of naked John Goodman. The oh, judge is yeah. naked a lot in that. We're going to have to handle it like the Dr. Manhattan situation. Like, we can't, obviously, if we're going to have to put like little booties on him or something. Uh, but that's fine. You know, uh, that's what we deserve as a movie going public is <laughs> little booties on John a- Goodman. Oh, by the way, yeah, that's I, that's the title of the episode, I think. Little booties on John Goodman. I mean, <laughs> little on. booties on. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, well, or, or we could just keep his pants on, or just not make the movie. Right. There, there truly are things that just don't. They don't need to be crossed yeah. over. You know. I mean, Blood Meridian wouldn't make sense just because the protagonist of it isn't a character. You know, it's they a conduit. barely. A, yeah, yeah. The, the kid has no personality aside from like the very end. They don't even really appear in the book. They're just like a passive observer. You can't really like... I was going to say, even dialogue, I don't think he has more than in the entire book, like two or three pages of combined dialogue. Very spare. Yeah. Like, he doesn't And talk. most of it is at the end when yeah. he like talks to the judge. Yeah. Right. That's, That's fucking an amazing nuts, scene. Man. Yeah. That's so mm-hmm. fucking crazy. I mean, that guy, I'm about to reread the Border Trilogy. I'm really excited. And we're talking about Cormac. I don't know if we said that already, but Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, Cormac McCarthy. And yeah. like that that guy just exists on a different level of writing. But that's my point is like All the Pretty Horses, one of the most fucking devastatingly beautiful books ever. That movie isn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. I heard they cut like an hour and five minutes out of it. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but it just, it really proves that like there's a level, you know what, even you said a Blood Meridian, that scene at the end with the kid and the judge. You couldn't film that. You no. you couldn't. I mean, you could. It's the it's the, actually the one filmable part of the probably the book actually. But right. at the same time, it would never come close to just the feeling of just absolute dread and this eeriness that is right. And the way uh, he like repeats things and everything while the judge is like dancing on top of a bar naked while playing a fiddle and saying he'll never die. It's amazing. It's like, what the fuck? That would be silly as fuck on film, but in, on the page, it's like. We got to make it, man. I think <laughs> when I was, I, I had we're Hebrews. the ones to do it. When I yeah. was twenty, literally, when I was twenty, the rights had lapsed for like mm-hmm. two months, and I begged my cousin, who had a lot of money at the time, "You got to buy these book rights for me, man. I'm like, you got to buy these book rights for me because I think we can do it as a as a mini series. Like, because that's the only way you could do it, and even then, you would have to take some ridiculous liberties with it in order to make it work." But it yeah. can't be a two-hour movie. It just would never fucking work. You could do it in eight hours if you really tried. If you started with the engines coming over the hill. Like you start you know, with that scene with the judge where he makes the fucking, he's like peeing on the thing and making the bullets and shit like that. That's your opener, man. You can go backwards. Because you can't start in Tennessee. You can't show the kid getting on a tugboat to New Orleans. You can't do any of that shit that actually happens at the beginning of the novel. You know what I'm saying? You have to sort of work with it. 
sorry everybody i live in brooklyn um yeah no uh i i'd like to see like an animated version of it honestly by pixar <laughs> like, by pixar, like pixar house style you know but can you imagine if Pixar is like, all right, we're swerving hard. Our next film, Blood Meridian adaptation. You're like, whoa, dude. Like a sandwiched in between Toy Story 5 and Finding Nemo. Right, just horror. a fully <laughs> NC-17 animated film. But dude, doesn't a part of you want to see that? Because I think like yeah. uh, Into the Spider-Verse was like, okay, this is like a PG-13 movie. Like obviously for kids, but it's like, it's it high quality. more adult animation or, you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, like there really does. I look at something like Triplets of Belleville. Like you can count on one hand the number of like films for adults that are animated. We have a lot of TV, but we don't have a lot of films. Well, it's because it's we not as profitable. Well, we look at television. We look at cartoons as something for children, you know. And I know yeah. a lot of people feel that way. Like I try to get people to watch like Bob's Burgers or something like that, you know, because I think my mom would genuinely like Bob's Burgers. It's a family show. Like it's subversive mm-hmm. and shit, you know. But she's like, "That's for kids. I don't watch that stuff." There's a whole mentality about that. Even the stuff that's palatable that got made, it was auteur directors like a Scanner Darkly. You know, like Linklater gets away with shit because he's fucking Linklater. Like, but it doesn't happen very often. When Tarantino did it in Kill Bill, where he dedicated a fucking scene to be completely shot in anime, and by the way, very beautiful animation. It's mm-hmm. like I was so blown away by that because that is such a choice. Like we don't get that ordinarily, and yet, yeah, how uh, memorable are those scenes? You know. Yeah, and I am, like, totally discounting anime, I guess, and that, that is something that, like, does appeal more to adults or teenagers or whatever. I told you that it's Vinland Saga well thing person. is really good and very adult-oriented, and, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I think that's, there probably is a lot of good stuff out there. We're just snobs, man. I don't know. It's, it's not yeah. our fault. It's American. It's, a, like, what got popular in the West. Because when we were kids, we had Toonami, and there was just so many bullshit, like, whoa, like, little sweat marks came up, and, like, all the bad uh, tropes of anime that kept me away. Right. And it was also, like, the, the there were, like, these, this cringy, uh, I don't want to call them a clique. They were sort of, like, the outcasts in high school um, who would, like, just, like, sit by themselves and, like, wear, like, long sweaters in the middle of summer and just draw, like, anime girls over and over again in their notebooks. And I just always associated it with that, which is unfair. And I'm sure that those were probably cool people that I just didn't talk to. Right. Um, you know what I mean? But like at the time, I, I think I associated that with like, oh, like that's like kind of cringy shit for outsiders or people who don't know how to talk to people, you know? And it's, yeah. it's not. There's who, a who, lot more to it. Who just came out and eviscerated fandom? Like I've read something about that. Or was it Roger Ebert who came out and said that? I read something what? that Roger Ebert said, and it was so scathing about like the idea of that this this is this allows you not to have a personality. Like fandom allows you to sink in and be the lowest common denominator to have a hive mind and to let this like wave of something. And I was really interested in that review. I was like, holy shit, he eviscerated everybody who believes in like toxic fandom. You know, and obviously there is this difference between regular fandom and stuff and then toxic fandom. Like, they're annoying anime fans, and there are people who are like real fucking aficionados who know shit in the same yeah. way that like Coltrane ain't fucking Kenny G, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think that I'm, I can't really think of anything that I'm like a, a fandom that I'm a part of, honestly. There are things I like a lot, but like, I, I don't, 
I don't think I associate like my identity with anything enough to want to hang out with other people that specifically like that thing. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Cause that's the difference. You can be a fan of something and then yeah. not be a part of the fandom about it. Right. Like your, your personality and your, your, who you are as an individual is not defined by the things you like. Yeah. I'm not going to be a card carrying uh, member of the Simpsons fan club. I'm going to enjoy it and move on with my life. You know, <laughs> it's, it's sort of like when I went to those David Lynch festivals and then I like heard David Lynch fans talking about David Lynch and I was like, do I hate David Lynch now? Right. Because it's just the cringe. It's horrible. It's horrible. I, you know what's really funny talk about, about what they like. It's really interesting. I went on today because we were, we were watched apocalypse now together, uh, yeah. like together, but apart. Uh, and then you, we were talking about how, oh, this one scene was filmed and then it took a year before they filmed it again. You were like, that happened in Eraserhead. So I was on Eraserhead's like IMDb, like looking up mm -hmm. trivia and stuff like that. And then I went to user reviews. User reviews are my favorite thing on IMDb because like every now and then you'll get like a fucking eloquent, well-worded fucking thing. Sure. But most of the time you right. get fucking like the holy shit like mouth breathers man talking about how much they hate something and right. that was the one where the racer had because i i hated both the people who loved it and the people who hated it like like not to say that if you like that movie you're somehow a bad person or anything uh, purely just that the way that it seems to be articulated you're right like david lynch fans who like love lynch they'll bend over backwards to be like everything he does is great even if it's fucking not you know right we watched or the return like and we were like this episode sucks we called it out yeah, like they'll try to apply meaning or bend over backwards to something that probably doesn't have meaning. It was probably David Lynch screwing around in his garage, and he was like, it'd be great if I had a table lamp that went bing, bing with electricity, because I like electricity. And they're like, brilliant. It's incredible. He's like saying that we all communicate via electricity in this modern digital age. And it's like, go straight to hell. Well, so that's Calm the good down. thing. When we went to the Festival of Disruption, we didn't talk to anyone but ourselves. We were drinking yeah. and listening to Nancy Wong lay down a sick fucking DJ set. Mm -hmm. And we were like, this is fine, man. I'm good with all of this. But yeah, I, I feel that way about most people. Like, I like, like, especially when you like something that's a little underground, like not all the way underground. Like Radiohead is that perfect example because like, yeah, they're, they're mainstream. People know mm -hmm. Radiohead. But at the same time, they're not like Taylor Swift. That's no slay on Taylor Swift. I'm just talking about popularity and exposure. You know what I'm saying? So sure. it's like you, you always feel like, oh, this is, this, these are my people. They're cool enough to like this music. But then you hear them talk and you're like, fuck. Same thing with Flaming Lips fans. Like I like the Flaming Lips. And then I meet some of these fucking people and they're just like super burnouts who are just like, yeah, man, fucking Lance. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, fucking Oklahoma, man. You gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> I drew America's Paris, bro. I put some weed in his mailbox. I bet he appreciated it. You know, some shit like that. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like when we went to Bonnaroo, you know. That was bad. It was, uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm glad I went through it, but I also don't ever really want to do it again. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I was wondering if that's like, oh, I really didn't like the experience because I didn't love the experience, but there were, there were definitely moments that were amazing. Dead weather oh, as the sure. rain comes down. Yeah. Bro, yeah. Cause that's... it was like 104 degrees out and like it, we were all just sweating and miserable or whatever. And then it just started raining as they're fucking playing. And I, and by the way, like... cause we were already perpetuating the fucking myth that Jack White might be the coolest man of all time. But then he comes out like, remember who brought the rain for you? And I'm like, this motherfucker, he's God. Yeah. He's God. He's Storm from the X-Men, like, which would be an amazing crossover, by the way, if Jack yeah. White was Storm. Um, so that was really good, like seeing Conan at the height of the He just Coco unceremoniously, movement. I'm sorry, we can't just drive by that. He unceremoniously just replaces Halle Berry in the X-Men franchise. No one comments on it. 
but it would be like no one's even like like ringing the bell of racism on that like re- replacing a black woman with another white cis male you know what i mean jack white isn't a white cis male he's barely human he's an alien he's he's like from the same planet as werner herzog definitely reptilian yeah like he oh, exists sure. as like the uh, uh, prehistoric uh, sumerian tribe that he's, was thought to be dead. slithered out of the primordial ooze and just picked up a guitar guitar pedal like oh i like the tone on this thing right so we saw a primordial god bring the rain for us man and and like that's memorable we saw we saw conan at the height of the coco thing like when he had just been fired by nbc which was pretty cool uh, yeah i remember him more just being kind of like bitter and that being sort of like uncomfortable like it it got serious at least i remember that and i was not as big of a fan then as i am now Oh. So it was just more like just watching a guy complain about losing his job. For well, I'll tell you this. What's interesting is like the reason I love Conan was never for the tonight. It was always late night, like late night yeah. and much like Seth Meyers is now like they get weirder. They can do mm-hmm. weirder shit because no one's watching them. So like Conan was like that. And now that he's back at TBS, I think he's gotten very similar. Like he's been given the opportunity to just be stupid. And yeah. it's really great. I mean, I love well, he's, he's not doing. he's not really competing with the other guys anymore. Like it's a different thing, you know? So you can kind of do whatever he wants to do, which is cool. Right. You got rid of uh, the desk, right? It's just right, right, right. Now he's yeah. just hanging out there in sexy ass blazers and shit. So, but we saw him there. You went to the Adult Swim thing, which was really cool. Adult Swim was probably at their oh, zenith for yeah. Well, we we've we've gone over this in episode eleven, I think. We told like this whole story, so I don't want to rehash it too much. Right. But, uh, I, well, I, I have a point get... for bringing this all up. The, yeah. the reason I'm bringing all this up is to say that we absolutely had these like really cool fucking isolated moments. Absolutely. Sure. Not absolutely. LCD sound system at two thirty in the morning. Flame. I got sunglasses is stolen off of my face because i fell asleep on the lawn yeah right it I is that it is totally an experience like we could make our indie movie that takes place mm-hmm. purely on the festival grounds if we wanted to enough things happened enough turmoil happened between me and toilet monster uh right. like we got into a fight like there was enough dramatic stakes going on that weekend is my point so yeah. uh so it's not like it's something that i won't remember forever but i'm kind of with you where i'm like oh is it just the idea that we were more adventurous i was 20 I was 20 and I had a car and I could drive out of state and I could do anything I yeah. wanted. Well, I, yeah. I, and and there, there is that freedom to it or whatever. And it's like, now I have to make the consideration of like, I only get so much vacation time a year right. and I've got a plan for this and I've got bills to pay and all this other shit that I'm responsible for. And plus like just the act of going to concerts is cool, but being in a crowd is annoying to me now. Yeah. And I just, I find myself at concerts like getting further and further out to the edges of it. Cause I don't want to be like, surrounded by annoying people who are like trying to mosh and shit at like a chill concert i just want to like fucking sit down in a seat because i'm tired yeah i'm well, old yeah it's yeah you beat me to it you're old <laughs> like that's all there is to it you're old bubby i mean like you know randy newman had it right i saw him at the tampa theater and we, we all got to sit down in a seat and watch him play like 30 fucking songs in a row rapid fire like before he went out uh, for his encore or whatever, like when he was leaving the stage, he's like, all right, everybody, I got to go shoot up. And then he like left, came yeah. back like five minutes later, played You Got a Friend in Me, one and done, boom. But was he like, you got a friend? He was clearly like coming up, you know what I'm talking about? Like, he came <laughs> I, out with the needle still in his fucking arm and it's just dangling as he tries to. Like, he actually um, did heroin. <laughs> the only shitty thing about that concert is I remember there were these two <laughs> shows in front of us. They were like, play rednecks. Ho, ho, ho. And they kept like high-fiving each other because they wanted him to say the N-word. Damn. Yeah. But that's interesting. That the, 
that those guys were at a Randy Newman concert to begin with, right? Like that makes you appreciate racist a little bit. Like, okay, maybe, maybe they're slightly cultured. I I think that they were just a couple of veg lords. I don't even think it was racism. I could be wrong, but I was just getting that kind of that kind of vibe where it's like, oh, n word. Well, I, so you're right that the idea that I, I think concerts have gotten really <laughs> annoying in general. No, because I, yeah. I think of it too. It's like some concerts I've been to that were sit down concerts were pretty good. I saw Nutramilk Hotel like at a yeah. sit down concert. And that was fucking cool. It was a Ruth Eckerd in the Clearwater. Um, yeah. But but there is I don't know like even even like I think about uh, LCD sound system or whatever two thirty in the morning. I wasn't in the pit. I was in the back. I was sitting on the ground. I was just like enjoying the atmosphere, and it was just as cool. Right. You know what I mean? So I look at it where like I live two hours away from Coachella, or like ninety minutes away from Coachella. Technically, if I want to mm-hmm. go, I could totally go. I could go for the day and drive back home. You know what I'm saying? Right. And still, I'm like, eh. <laughs> right. I don't know if I really want to do it again, man. That's the truth. Yeah, no, I, I get it, man. And especially in these Corona times, you know, like p- post Corona, like w- concerts, it's going to be a different ball game. And I know they've floated the whole like space helmet thing. Have you seen those? That's pretty like, cool to, to make concert going safe or whatever. I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to mess with the hassle of having to go there via some sort of transportation, much less wear a space helmet. But what if they had like a space helmet that had like little straws? So you had two straws. You had like a beer in one. And then like, I think it does, man. I think it has like built-in straws. I could be wrong, but I think that they were like making that consideration. Like you can get your little drink and you know, way the future, man. We're here. Like, way we did the it. Future. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Finally. Uh, oh, God, well, I guess we solved Corona concerts. Uh, <laughs> <that> Next. <laughs> Next on the list. Sports. Uh, so you're like, Sports. I resigned. <laughs> way to lose your like know your audience guy come on we want we all want something to root for we want to have an american story you know what i'm saying yeah yeah. i love in our last podcast you're like drew Brees. i don't know if you know drew Brees. he plays for the saints i genuinely uh, don't know what you do and don't know all right how many quarterbacks do you do me a favor name five nfl quarterbacks right now no i can't do it okay so i'm not wrong for thinking you might not know drew Brees is is Peyton Manning still in the game? No, he's been retired for five fucking years, six years. <laughs> God damn it, Max. Um, Eli Manning. Just retired two years ago, last God year. Last year. damn it. Brett Favre? <laughs> what? Longer. <laughs> longer retired. You can combine the Peytons or the Mannings and they would be longer retired. Uh, that one religious guy that didn't impress anyone? Whoa, who's that? Who do you think this is? I want to know. You're, you, you, you're like if, if someone tells a six-year-old the news and then you ask them to repeat it to you. Like, because I don't think you actually know any of this. You're just trying your best. Like, no, it was uh, Tim Tebow. Oh, well, he's been gone for like seven years. He plays baseball now. What? Which you would know if you kept up with sports, Max. Yeah, That's I don't get sh- <laughs> Anyway, can you solve sports or not, McCarty? <laughs> you, you fix um, concerts. Like, I hear, I read an article, or I read the headline of an article that okay. said yeah. that now that crowds are out of sports, we can finally focus on on the majestic effort of it. Something along those lines is what the headline said. Do you really because believe that, this? I don't give a shit either way. I'm just telling okay. you about the headline. You know, like a six-year-old, I'm just reciting something I half read once, right. you know, uh, 
and it's just saying that like without the 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 jeering and the cheering and the whatever we, we can just focus on like the pure effort on display the athleticism the game itself and it's not about the whole fucking circus around it so in the 70s for one broadcast i forget the two teams that played but they decided not to have any color commentators they literally just had it fucking on the camera mm. would change different angles no editorializing fans were still there but it was such an interesting thought experiment about like yeah. you know if someone's not propping this up and you're just left with the game how do you observe mm-hmm. the game right yeah. like and I genuinely liked it. Like in the same way, in a weird way, I was watching those riots the other day from the helicopter camp and there's no editorializing. There's no someone being like, Oh God, things are getting hectic down here on street level, Jim. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like there's a protester standing up. Nope. Nope. They're sitting down again. Yeah. You don't get any of that. None shit. of that. Yeah. No. Just, just like a pure objective fucking seeing of what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I'm kind of into that, but I agree. Maybe, maybe without the, the you know, screaming people and the things, maybe it's really, I mean, yeah, we saw how it worked out for wrestling, man. Real I, dude, good. I think you're talking shit, but I loved what they did no, with that I'm wrestling stuff. Legitimately, yeah. not talking shit, man. I'm being as sincere as I know how to be. They just started making wrestling '70s B movies, man. Like, they were really cool. Like I really liked it, actually. <laughs> just, just that cut to an empty audience. <laughs> Can I get a hell yeah? Just no response. Well, like they were leading into it, which you got to give it. Them, you, you, know? you really do man like it's it just it's straight up lynchian and i and I, I i love it and i don't watch it as much as i i need to i think well we were kids there really was i wonder like when wrestling became a, a weird thing because i don't think wrestling had the same kind of like like when i think about men who are my age who watch wrestling now i immediately i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you but you right. can arguably say that about all sports but like specifically because we all agree that wrestling is a narrative Mm. it doesn't mean you're not athletic it just means that it's a narrative that i look at you weird but that wasn't always like that like i feel like wrestling was as american as fucking cherry pie and the gladiators you know what i'm saying fucking hulk hogan dude yeah his theme song was i am the real american i mean he put it on front street yeah he's just this weird bleach blonde hot dog skinned man running around wearing (laughs) that's a description (laughs) hot dog skinned I'm serious. Pull up a picture. Put it next to a hot dog. I'm good. I I saw images of that fucking Hulk Hogan sex tape once, and I was like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. You did? Listen, it was the equivalent of... I managed to avoid it. When we were kids, man, that fucking... uh, uh, al-qaeda the beheading video was making the rounds or whatever and people are like yeah, you gotta watch it i don't know why it was the same way that like you had to prove your masculinity by watching something horrific and i got like four seconds into that and very similar hulk hogan sex tape i'm like i'm out i slammed and i got the fuck out of there as soon as i could so i i did find a picture of hulk hogan holding a hot dog uh by the <laughs> way <laughs> i'm gonna send it to you um, I'm a hot dog brother. Oh yeah. Well, it's a cover of Sports Illustrated. It says Matt Mania, and it has Hulk Hogan, Hulkster, holding a hot dog with a thing of mustard, and scowling kind of. Isn't Hulk Hogan such a weird dude? Because he's like local to us. He lived in Tampa our whole life. I'd see him at Adventure Island and like uh, in Bush Gardens. I saw him. I've seen him two or three times around town. Did you say hi? well no because he's a notorious fucking asshole if you go to say hi to him when he's with his family he will straight up be shitty to you that's what everyone had said so i'd seen him but he wasn't like trying to do anything like that and by the way like you're the most recognizable fucking wrestler maybe ever like maybe be a little bit nicer i know you want to have like a a block between your personal life and shit like that but right like i don't know anything to you people 
Well, like, here's the thing. If he was an asshole, that'd be one thing. He, he, he came onto the scene on Wheaties boxes being like, eat your vegetable, brother. Don't do drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so you can't be that guy and then be a dick to everybody. I guess you can. He did it, but yeah, we got him. Maybe his, his uh, thinking or approach was that, like, look, you know, I, I do this for a living. I, uh, I'm nice on camera. So and when I'm off camera, I get I have the fucking right to be a dick, you know? I have the right to my Hulk Hogan privacy. Sorry. I just got what? this picture, and it is oh. <laughs> everything. He's another weird guy because he, like, clearly was balding way before he reached, uh, like, balding age. But he kept right. that back hair, man. Like you gotta either. Can I ask you something, Max? Like, is you're a. I mean, you know, you you you're the most beautiful bald man I've ever met in my life. But if you yeah. could grow the Hulk Hogan back, like first of all, can you grow the Hulk the Hogan? The answer back? is, I've never tried. But you could, like you you you're not balding everywhere, right? You have follicles somewhere still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, but if you could grow the fucking Hulk Hogan long, the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. I would look like that dude from Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know what I'm talking about? Dude who's like... Riffraff. Yeah, riffraff. Fucking just... And he could pull it off. I can't. It's astounding. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he could to be him. For sure. Uh, for sure. I'm pretty sure that's the guy who made Rick Rocky Horror Picture Show, by the way. That guy oh, who plays he, Riffraff. I'm pretty sure he's that's... the guy that made it? Yeah, he wrote all the I songs. I don't know shit about like the making of that movie. It's great. You know what's really interesting about that is that movie, and I'm sure you know this in the back recesses of your mind, but that movie and uh, in, uh, what is it? Within the Woods? The, 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 Into the Woods? No, the, is that the prototype to Evil Dead? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's called Within the Woods. I'm almost positive. It was like a short version, but they played those. Those premiered together at the midnight movie at uh, some place. And it was like those two got linked together for a minute. I was like really blown away by that. I'm like, oh, shit. Because imagine like, look, I'm really happy to be alive when we're alive. I am. I think like technology and the ability to do stuff is the best that we've ever had sure. the ability to do it. But at the same time, can you imagine being 16, 17 year old going to a fucking midnight movie and those two movies play? Like you're on the ground floor for those fucking movies. Like, holy shit. Right. Man. And not, not to go back to Razorhead, but uh, same with that. Like that was a midnight movie for a while. Like imagine going to a fucking drive-in and seeing a Razorhead. Right. You would feel like that's almost pornographic, right? Like, because it's so weird and unsettling. You're like, this isn't what Gene Kelly would not be in this movie. You know what I'm saying? And really, we all use the Gene scale. If Gene would or would not participate, otherwise, I'm not. I'm not getting out of bed. I'm not watching this movie. The the Gene scale, the classic Gene scale, (laughs) still in use today. How do you think Gosling picks roles? Like, come on, man. Where's the rate on the Gene scale? Not worried about the Bechtel test. Not worried about the six degrees of Kevin fucking Bacon. Where does it rate on the gene scale? Right. Well, where does it? I mean, Ryan Gosling's done a lot of weird shit. Do you like that he's going to be the Wolfman? Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you guys are talking about that. Uh, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. Why not? I, I kind of like Ryan Gosling doing like uh, character shit. So uh, as long as it's like not a s- big Hollywood fucking piece of shit, it's more like scaled back. I'm in. Well, how do you make that micro budget movie? Because like Invisible Man made sense. Like, you know how you save money? Just don't have any special effects, really. I mean, that's the best part of that. Your, your, your antagonist is invisible. Like in theory, he's on frame every single second. You don't have to explain shit. That was the genius of that concept. Right. uh they you got rid of the little fucking glasses and shit but uh how would you make a micro budget 
fucking version of that because I think in order for it to make money, they need to have some some kind of creature feature aspect of it, right? So but, he's, he's doing his laundry at midnight. The moonlight hits him, cut to a silhouette through a sheet, turns into the monster right. shadow. And then you just got a regular wolf. <laughs> we save money on the wolf. It's not as scary, sure. But he turns into a fucking wolf. That should be scary enough. The concept. Man. I think I should be a Hollywood budget man. You know, I should be a budget boy. I should come in there and tell him how to make things way cheaper. Right. I love this. This really great story of um, when they were making the paintball episode of Community, where mm-hmm. the line producer came in and he was like, you yeah. need to shut this down. Okay. And then Justin Lin was like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And he walks out of the room. He's like, all right, let's, let's, do, let's go again. Right. And that would be you. Like, you would be both the line producer and the Justin Lin. That's the duality of Max. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, if only there were two of me, you know, so that I could both uh, halt production and start it again. That would be weird. And they they switched uh, like interchangeably, so you'd right. come in screaming about budget. You'd walk out wearing come back wearing in. a shirt and then wearing a different shirt. And they're like, "Did he just do a quick change, or are there two this of him?" A bit <laughs> like no one knows that you're mentally Max, ill. <laughs> like, <what's> he... <laughs> it's just pure mental. <laughs> What the, I don't believe this isn't a joke. What is happening? I'm the We're budget boy. Play. All right. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's your uh, director for this episode. Let's keep it rolling. I don't care what that budget boy says. Am I right? Didn't that, Gosling direct I something? Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Sorry. Well, because he should be the director of this, and then you would be his line producer, which is way funnier. Like Wolfman, written, directed, and starring Ryan What Gosling. was your question about Ryan Gosling, though? Didn't he's he directed a movie right he did that yeah, weird it's a uh, lost river yeah. yeah you never saw it no nah, man how is it it's it's very refin influenced it's yeah. very like synthy and visual and he got like the same cinematographer and shit i liked it you know i was surprised how much i liked it uh but it is definitely like a refin uh, ripoff kind of whatever yeah when you're when 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 someone's so good and you're ripping them off, all right, like that's strange. That's how Stranger Things got successful, right? We net we, none of us seemed to mind there. It was all fine for Stranger Things. Yeah, like what Nicholas Winding Refn is the only one who's allowed to do like a hypnotic but disturbing imagery set to a synth soundtrack and framed center frame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he got it right written into his writer. <laughs> I'm the only one. I wonder if that caused friction between them because it seemed for a minute like uh, Gosling was his his guy. His, you know? his muse, yeah. yeah. I mean, they haven't made something in a minute, you know? Yeah, maybe maybe he was like that Gosling piece of trash. <laughs> it's derivative. And then he hooked up with Miles Teller for some reason. He's like, you're Elvis. That's the story that freaks me out the most is apparently Refa just keeps being like, he's so beautiful. He's, he's Elvis. You're Elvis. He says, he says a lot of <laughs> weird shit like the more interviews you watch nicholas winning reffin he just like walks around in sandals and like a half unbuttoned shirt and just like <laughs> i've never driven a car before and they made a movie about a car driver well that was so he could get over an irrational fear <laughs> like he did, he's like i'm gonna make a movie behind the wheel it didn't help it didn't get him there <laughs> He said he was like driving around Los Angeles, like Ryan Gosling has described the meeting and he said like he didn't understand what he was talking about most of the time when they were driving around LA and Ryan Gosling was listening to pop music and Nicholas Winding Refn was just staring at him and he started like crying and he was like, dude, what is up? What's going on? And he was like, it's beautiful. <laughs> this is it. This is the character. Oh and, my God. Uh, and then Gosling was in. 
that's uh, amazing. That's an amazing story. And God bless this guy who just grew up in a small fucking village in Denmark. And yeah, like, you want to talk about autism. That's, well, you know, with Denmark people, Danish. <laughs> it's like, it's a question of, are they uh, just Danish or are they autistic? Right. Or are Fine they all line. autistic? <laughs> Is that racist to say that? I rest my case. Well, <laughs> I don't feel like you rested anything. You caused unrest. I unrest my case. <laughs> like Jesus. Uh, well, Christ. I'm just saying that to say that I've stopped talking. Mm. I want to watch this Wolfman movie though, man. Because I, I got to be honest. Who's making it? Who's directing it? I don't know. No one's attached to it. Like that's the problem. There's a lot of things to be scared about. Maybe get Max yeah. Landis in there because he needs a hit. Oh, Max his, Landis. His, his dad of did the, the werewolf movie, and then he can of consult his daddy and to choose Max Landis. I stand by it. I stand by it. No, I don't really want Max Landis to be working, but it would be one of those like weird Hollywood redemption stories. You know, for a goddamn fact, if someone was like, Max Landis is going to do a wolf movie, man. And then like, they're like, oh my God, but his dad did the wolf movie and he did Thriller. And then like all of a sudden there would be the narrative. People would love the narrative of Max Landis trying to one up his dad in a wolf movie. See, you think that that would be the narrative you don't think that the narrative in immediate first reaction would be like oh that guy accused of like uh hurting women we're letting him back in the mix what if he used it as a metaphor for Burrito!